1: Enough music for like I don't a couple different sing. albums, and we're working on a bunch of instrumental stuff. Yeah, that's kind of like, because that's always something we do in our live set. Um, so, with the band, I just try to there's a lot of writing talent in the band, so I like to give people space to like direct the band and take them through a song that they want to create. And so, because of that, we have like a, a lot of music, you know, because everyone's contributing. And it's and now we have to like make decisions about like you know what is, does the Zenico sound or whatever. But like yeah, do
2: so you guys have another project ready to go? You have Pretty much. Project? So you guys yeah. kind of like ready to go? yeah, yeah. But we're
1: thinking about doing like live because uh, it took so long. because it takes so damn long. That's the time. They're all like you know they could challenge themselves. That they don't want to just be a regular jam band or something. Is there
3: like that. A lighter? Um, do you would this you say that you guys just work out new songs when you're like practicing, or like mm-hmm. and then they just kind of.
1: Yeah, we set aside time. As, as do, like, you jam. We sort of decided not to do as many covers and give space to uh, like new stuff, you know? But it's good. Like, we used, we always used to discipline ourselves by doing a new set of covers to like absorb different styles and like. You know, before we decided to write our own, you know, yeah. and so you know, sounding like the police or something like that, like we wanted to sound more authentic, and so we learned like a whole Studio One repertoire, and yeah. and then we recorded and stuff, and then we had uh, a proper reggae drummer at that time too, right? Nate, Nate Santos from uh, Big Island. Do
3: you have a favorite song on the new record?
1: <laughs> mm. I think Subir feels like really well done like that was the one I think I was talking about earlier that uh, has gone through so many different iterations like a friend of mine Raul Perales who has played bass with us a little bit like wrote the bridge and then Riddle wrote parts and then the current guitar player wrote like a an extended sort of jazz fusion section and and it just we, we'd we never recorded it so it became this like behemoth. I'm <laughs> that song like eight times, well, right? no. but never, like, Never like publishing it like There's the, a reggae version. Yeah, but, but never releasing like a, them like they were like the- There's like a cumbia version. No, no, no. no. Like they were never like, like official releases <laughs> were like, were like f- for consumption other than like getting yeah, a gig yeah, yeah, or something yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. Like. You know, that for me, those were, like,
2: demos. Yeah, no, I feel like I'm just saying we reported it. There was, like, the, the like, all-sax f- version. <laughs> well, I you, think like that's a thing that gets version. lost a lot yeah, yeah. With, um,
3: with the advent of home studios. People are kind of just producing things a lot in the box and, mm-hmm. like, getting the product to a quote-unquote finished state before ever playing it out. Mm-hmm know in front of a crowd or working it out with a band or anything like that yeah and I think that's something that's kind of missing and it's a cool uh, it's a cool way to work out new material I think and I think it's cool that that you guys say that like these songs evolved into like you know three four five six different iterations uh, before the recorded version years
2: Played that song so many different ways with so many different people yeah it's like every time a new person would come into the band and learn that'd be like one of the first songs they learned and then every new person would add something new to it. Yeah. And so it was like, that's almost like the most Zamiko song yeah. that there it's is. It's a thread. Maybe that, from the and, maybe that and Don't Let It Slip. Yeah, it's true. And so that's and I want to record them. Um, we recorded Don't Let It Slip and Subir in that first recording session when you and I first
1: that's met. That's true.
3: That is true. <laughs> Have you guys been, like, listening to anything chill lately, uh, you know, that you just enjoy or that might be, like, inspiring, like, uh, you know? things that you're going to work on, where you're working on already.
2: Yeah, totally. Yeah, dude, I've been, a- Andrew gave me a, a whole playlist of like Cumbia Amazonica, like chicha music. It's Peruvian, right? N- yeah. Northern Peruvian. You like, want to play oh, a little bit of it? Interesting Cumbia, and it's fucking good. It's very like spooky, like spooky surf rock Cumbia synth
3: fusion, and I love it. Is there any like specific bands, Andrew, that like informed like uh, you know what you saw for Zamiko originally, hmm. or what you're or what you're seeing for?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think uh, it's interesting. There's been different visions for it over the years, but um, I think originally like Ozo Motley would be I think a good ref- was a reference point for us, just like mixing different Latin rhythms and hip hop and we had a horn section at that time um Eric Verts and Sean Norris so yeah the, the band has just like changed a lot over the years and for better and for you know not probably not for worse but
3: <laughs> yeah what have you been listening to lately?
1: uh I've been listening to Yousef Kamal it's pretty mm. sweet apparently cause I sort of yeah he's good uh came late to the whole Broken Beat thing it was like checking out the different artists on Spotify and it feels like they're sort of like the modern iteration of that, and, but in a, like a jazz format, which is cool. And I think our drummer sounds a lot like him. He's just like uh-huh. he likes to play a lot of polyrhythmic stuff. And um, so yeah, I was just I'm listening for what like sound. I mean, we have our own reference point, but like to hear what other people are doing too, and like yeah. you know, uh, it'd be. I think it's sort of uh, arrogant to think that you can't learn from other artists, you know, I mean, that's yeah, yeah. how culture is kind of created. But.
3: What about you, Riddle? What's in your iPod? Whew, uh, shit, I mean, other than the, uh, like I
2: said, I'm listening to a lot of the cumbia, spooky cumbia stuff, um, you know, uh, try and try to listen to, you know, new contemporary music. I find myself just kind of on shuffle on Spotify a lot, <laughs> just, like, listening to whatever pops up to kind of, like, just get a reference point for what's out there. That, or I mean, there's this band, Woo Park, that has been fucking killing it. They got a record on uh, Spotify. It came out a couple years ago. I've been really listening to that a lot. And then, you know, the standard. Curtis rediscovering the catalog of Curtis Mayfield
1: recently. Oh
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we 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 listened to that. Yeah. The we listened to his latest re, his most recent release oh, before right. he died. 90 right? yeah, 97 yeah. I think it was. It was pretty it was uh, very very ninety seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like the synth, very digital. Oh, uh, dude,
2: I love, I love Curtis Mayfield, but the, yeah, the production on that one was like pretty, yeah. pretty nineteen ninety seven.
3: It's kind of weird sometimes hearing, like, some of these classic artists once they get like. Really old, and they kind of sound frail, and then like somehow or another, they end up in the studio cutting an album that sounds like contemporary pop music.
2: I don't know. I thought his, I thought his singing was great. I for my, for me the issue was the, was like the production on it was just such that like early digital like yeah really, like, pristine and clean yeah. electric keyboard sounds, you know? It just wasn't... it For me, it was just, like, not the way that I'm used to hearing him. Yeah. At all. And it's, like, when you go, you know, from, like, it's fucking Curtis Mayfield, you know? It's, like, he should have a fucking full band behind him with a huge horn section and, like... a a, conga player right exactly you know and and instead it's like it sounds like it was produced like all like maybe entirely in the box with like a live drummer or something you know I don't I don't know I didn't honestly didn't look that deeply into that deeply into it beyond listening to it but you know it was a shame because he's such an amazing singer and the singing was great just I don't know, it was kind of like on you, you, par for... You know,
1: you bring something up, the 1997 90s, soul music, all the there was some era. dark, yeah, there <laughs>
2: was some dark, there was some dark periods for 90s soul,
1: it was, it was like that, like, yeah, R&B suffered, I think, in the 90s, RB but rap a A little, bit, a little bit. I mean, there was also some great R&B, there rap, was some, so. yeah, but I feel like the, the rap and hip-hop is more timeless with those samples, and yeah, I would say that's probably fair
3: next for Zamiko? Oh, man. Um,
1: live album, I think. Just, like, really commit to getting the songs like, not, you can you can get the structure to a great point and then go into the studio, but I want to take it to the next level. You know, I, I wouldn't say we kind of thought that were the, was the final arrangements, but we just in the studio Riddle and I we love to like play with sound and yeah and what what this might be and it just
2: I mean you know it's like with that but I feel like we knew that going into that project you know, I don't know with, like, idea, that, like, that was gonna be like the studio record yeah, right? yeah. you know it, you know so like you can go in and record a you know live album and you don't need a ton of you don't, right. you don't necessarily need someone to produce it is my point I guess right I sort of feel so I at least I kind of took it as like or like how we had talked about it was like you know, by asking me to come on and produce the record was like we're going to do more to it. We added instruments yeah. of people who aren't in the band. But you at know, first, like so we made songs that, that you know. That brings are not, me to ask right. though.
3: Okay, so um, assuming you'll try and fully play all this material, maybe on the road or whatever at some point, how many people does it take to like you know have a fully fleshed out. <laughs> Well, live it, it version required, of some of these songs or yeah. are you kind of trying to strip them back a little bit no, no, to no. accommodate for having you know only like four or five pieces in the band or whatever
1: yeah no no I it'd be <laughs> easy to get it up to the recording uh, layered I really just need like a piano, piano player, piano player just don't, that was like additional
2: horn players you know that, that was really It was not like It was not like We added a ton of stuff That just like Simply <laughs>
1: <it> Would be <laughs> insane asshole. It's
2: not not nah, it's so fine <laughs> It's not like It's not like There's a fucking chorus You know But there are like Other featured artists On the record There are other singers You know that Yeah yeah Who's on, on the record We brought in uh, We've got Atosa She you know Came in and did a little bit Of singing on the record uh, Our good friend Zaire Came in That's And right. uh Has a verse You know Rapping on one of the songs On Don't Let It Slip Um Jeremy came in to do sax work, we had Andrew come in to play the keyboard, Dave came in and played, you know, percussion, all these guys. We need uh, all those
1: guys, mm-hmm. You know,
2: I mean, yeah, well, like I said, like, you know, some of the stuff is kind of like just thickening elements that were already there to begin with, like adding additional horn harmonies in, you know, that's not like something that's completely different. And some of the stuff, such as the addition of, like, you know, synthesizers and keyboard elements is you know stuff that doesn't normally exist in the band's sound necessarily in a live application. But what's is the, the most kind of thing pieces you, that you guys, like, have, you guys ever have played, played with live? Keyboard players also. So.
3: Mm-hmm. What was that? What's the most pieces you've ever played with live? I guess uh, in
1: when he was playing bass back, yeah, because we had like sax seven, player and then eight percussionist, like extra sax player, percussionist, trumpet, trumpet, yeah.
3: <clears throat> so right.
1: like seven or eight eight people yeah it was it got big because we were doing festivals at that time too, yeah a little bit more
3: <clears throat> so would you say like the size of the stage kind of dictates the size of the band
1: yeah pretty much yeah interesting there's a correlation in there too with like you know the budget obviously I think. yeah um yeah What'd it's you hard find it? the Bay Area is a hard place to make money as a
3: musician and it's like ripped to... yeah especially like, having a lot of band members or whatever yeah yeah and you recently were djing how do you how do you feel about there's a lot of a lot of bands uh and people from bands are doing like dj sets and electronic side projects and stuff how are you feeling about those kind of oh, things going yeah. on it's just kind you. of a just kind of a one off, <laughs> one off DJing fuck thing. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just, you know, really. I do did, you enjoy DJing? I like the battle DJ. Oh. <laughs> no, no, I'm just playing. I do not at all. I just put a record on, hit that delay button, especially if you're playing reggae music. Yeah. I have a nice little horn, pattern you play. <laughs> do you collect
3: of, vinyl at the house?
1: I do, yeah. I wouldn't say I'm really a DJ. But uh you know, get there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't do the DJ guy thing.
2: Um I got I had, you know, a lot of DJ friends and no problem with people who DJ. My my issue is with the venues that can't tell the difference between paying a DJ and paying a band. Like I think that's a really common, <clears throat> really common thing that I've run into is, you know, they're like, oh, a band, wants to, a band wants to play there, you know, amongst many projects that have been, it's like, oh, a band wants to play there, they're like, oh, how much do you want to get paid? It's like, oh, well, we, we would pay the DJ 200 bucks, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, we got, like, seven people here, and we're going to, like, do a whole show on a, on your stage, and they're like, yeah, but, you know, we pay the DJ 200 bucks, and so, like, I can have a DJ come in, and, like, the people don't care, And so, like, if you're a small band and you're struggling and you don't have a huge draw, it's like, well, you can't really do anything with that. Like, they're not going to fucking pay you more money because the DJ will come and stand and do it. And so it's great for the DJ because... They get to go and do their art and whatever, and that's fine, but because of the, you know, uh, yep. unwillingness to expand the budget or the yep. uh, inability for the venue, too, because it's not like it's fucking cheap to bring a band in, you know? Yeah. It's like, I get it, I work in the hospitality industry, like, you can't, like, shelling out five, six hundred bucks for music that is, you know... For the environment no. is not a small expenditure. To be in a sustainable night.
1: for both parties. Right. Exactly.
2: You know, it's <laughs> just it's, all, it's just a broken system all around. Yeah. It just sucks. You know, it sucks for everyone. It sucks for yeah. the. It sucks for the venue. It sucks for the musicians. I guess it doesn't particularly suck for the DJs. No. <laughs> There's a lot of them, so they have to fight each other tooth and nail. But I don't know. I don't know enough about DJing culture
1: to really comment on it with any sort of authority. So. Yeah. You know, they become they're sort of like fire festival influencers yeah.
3: <laughs> some of them you know bandwagon I'm just gonna say it yeah but there's a whole culture around just like kind of especially with like Instagram and everyone having everything in their pocket at all times but just about I was there I was in the room with the person and so there's a lot of people just like I don't know being paid to press play yeah. Just because yeah. I are somebody of celebrity status. A, you know I mean but I that mean, sells, are you, that are, sells if you, drinks. If you were fami- if meanwhile, you were famous, would you, you turn play,
2: that down? You know? Like if somebody no. would pay you to press play, would you no. Turn, say no to it? No. But not. it's like,
3: you know, I like music that's good for music's sake. Yeah, uh yeah. but meanwhile, you know, the average bar person probably wouldn't want you to play technically advanced jazz music in there because it's not going to help them sell drinks, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it depends on the bar for sure, but, yeah, I mean,
1: but there's a difference between knowing who you're playing for and, like, uh, yeah. watering shit down, there's good music, Yeah. sort of everywhere.
3: Yeah, tea time continues. Tea time continues. Are you switching the tea?
2: I could switch the tea, would you desire a switch switching tea? We can change up the tea, yeah, I can make that happen. Can just open the tea tray so I can dump. i just dump the tea leaves in the ashtray because we gotta take that
1: out anyway. Two of us are really beefing with DJs.
2: <laughs> like uh, I, I, look, I got no problem. like no, I said like I have no. I have no problem with DJs. I have a. I know it's hilarious. I have no problem I'm with DJs. Time. I got a problem with the with the this, the general system and the venues that will not pay.
1: No bands. Not. It's because true. Of the it's DJs. Much easier. But then what? What artists could do is, is just be DJs as well, so you don't you cut out the DJ. You'd be like, yeah, well the, but, then, be your, but then you I'll get play it, live at right. and then meetings, you get, bands, and then you get a bunch DJs. of, and then you get so even d-
2: less bands and more artists who have to play DJ sets just to to exist. And you know, like true, sure, but this, I mean, yeah.
3: Okay, but uh, I don't know. Imagine this. Imagine like somebody that you like in the music sphere was coming. Play records at just I don't know. Insert whatever location near where you live. You wouldn't maybe be excited to check that out if they're playing the music. Either, it it was very. They're just spinning records. Spinning records. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, it, it would very, not, yeah. very much for me. It would very much depend for me on who it was.
3: I like to see what their influences are. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. yeah. I think that's so like that's cool. like a cool angle. Whereas like Paris Hilton DJing yeah. is like a completely different side.
1: Right, but there's people who seem like they're hip but are still on that sort
3: of. Yeah, no. I just see on all the festival bills, like this band parentheses DJ set. Yeah, yeah. Oh really? And then it turns out that all these bands that I've heard of, are like it's just some guy or whatever. That's kind out. of a sound system at the end. Like, yeah, that's kind of an a interesting Nico sound system It's an interesting trend one man bands now with all the like home recording technology or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's liberating, you know if you're
2: Yeah, I mean if shit, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be the guy who's gonna sit here and say if you can't play all the instruments you shouldn't you know like, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you, you know, if you have the wherewithal to do it and you have the necessary, you know, skills to do it, but you do it. Shit, no one's, no one's stopping you. Makes it harder to perform, you know, or at least to me, it makes the performances less interesting. I'd always rather watch a band perform than one guy, uh, you know, with a laptop, for sure.
1: Yeah. yeah there's the, the challenge of everyone being in sync
2: right right well it's just like it's there's a raw organic energy about watching musicians perform instruments live yeah. together you know as a group there's like a you know
1: the pocket is mm-hmm. really natural and responding to the people on the dance floor right exactly yeah
3: alright so imagine a world where you have to make up a new band name in 30 seconds
2: Go. Oh, man. That's the worst question you can ask a musician or anyone who's ever been in a band or that really anyone at all. Though, you, You're on the well, clock. you got 20
1: seconds left. Oh, dude.
2: fuck. Uh, uh,
1: the search for Sasquatch. Not bad. Not bad. Andrew? You know, it's funny that you should ask me, Foss. It's real funny because I've been thinking about Vulture Geist Culture Heist. Vulture Geist.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: All right. I love it. Yeah, patent Penning. I guess, on your guys' band names. Better hope they don't get jocked on the internet.
2: Yeah, they've all been. They probably already exist.
3: God, that's a thing these days. It is. It Whenever sucks. you come up with a good band name, like you go on Spotify and somebody else already has it.
2: Every time. Possible. I wish I. I wish I didn't have to ever deal with the idea of naming a band again as long as I live. I'd be okay with that.
3: How big mm. is your archive? Would you say
2: of music? Yeah. Of, record- of my music.
3: Yep. What percentage of your quality recordings have have seen public release? Ooh,
2: low percentage. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a lot of unreleased stuff. Or at least things that have been, you know, maybe soft released, but...
3: And, like, why is that? Because it's just not really, like, they weren't in, like, the poppin' genre, or you just didn't have the wherewithal, or, like...
2: Uh, for uh whatever you know, combina- combination like, of... I mean, really different, re- different reasons. Um, some of the stuff, it's kind of just, like you know, the eternal musician thing. It's not finished, it's not finished. With no band or anyone to push a deadline, it's kind of, they can just kind of languish, you know, and then at a certain point, other things take precedence and other projects and other stuff. And certain things fall by the wayside. There's a lot of stuff that was, like, produced for someone's record, and then we ended up not including it or not finishing it, and so it just goes into the archive. You know, it's like I've got a bunch of stuff done with Greg G that, uh, yeah. you know, is sort of just in Let's the Let's play ar- some of the, that right now.
1: That's sort of in the archives. Boop. Played some music by G. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what What percentage of the songs that you demo would you say end up being recorded and released publicly?
1: Oh my god, that's a, that's a great question. I have some really uh, ridiculous demos, lots of them. Things that I'm embarrassed about. Some things I like, but you can't, uh, you can't, like, revive and that just sort of were out of like It's a time. small,
3: small percentage.
1: No, I got, I a, a lot, I just have a lot. I started getting, like, a backlog and my band couldn't keep up with me, so I was like, huh. I stopped doing it. But I guess I was just, like, dedicating a lot of time to it. and well, We th- can just make those over here. Yeah, no, I mean, it's from, like, other lifetimes, too, man, like, yeah, yeah. indie rock band and, you know.
3: Yeah. Way back, <laughs> like, <clears throat> do like so old songs that you've written from other times ever like pop back up and inspire something in a new song?
2: Yeah, yeah. What, what wasn't one of the songs on this last record like originally like in a, a B section that you'd added to? Oh a different, yeah, yeah, wasn't that what song was that? That was Fakao. from Desha. From Fakao, right? Yeah,
1: from, from Disha, Desha. Desha yeah, yeah. menino jogar from the Nachi Huts. We used to cover yeah. that. And at the end, we sort of, sort of ad-libbing this thing. Yeah, and we like, started of a new thing, which eventually turned into, like, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. no, I, I recommend to anyone who's, like, has a band, like, you should definitely learn, continually do covers. It's not a sign of weakness. It's, like, it's how you, like, absorb styles, and, um, it's good. Bands like to be challenged, I think, like, if you're yeah. with people for a long time, you don't want to just keep playing the same stuff, and, uh, it's fun to play new music. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's like, and we have the luxury of nobody knowing us, <laughs> so that yeah. we don't expect, like, play that one thing that got a thousand streams on Spotify. You know? That's like the one thing I love about producing too. Is it's like,
2: make whatever whatever you want. You know, it's one one day, one day it's reggae, one day it's hip hop, one day it's you know some fucking weird sci fi epic space fantasy shit. One day it's Brazilian music.
1: Like, yeah, yeah.
2: And do whatever you want. That's the other great thing about the, like, more self-contained studio environment is that freedom to, like, today we're going to write a Kumbia song. Like, it okay, let's do it, you yeah. know? It like, doesn't have to be huge levels of commitment to get
3: good quality like, yeah. finished, finished products. Absolutely. Is there anything you want to, like, plug?
1: Yeah, uh, check out it's the com. Um, also just type in Z-A-M-I-C-O, Z-A-M-I-C-O in Spotify your favorite digital platform it should pop up um, yeah we have a lot more music that's going to be coming out so stay tuned hopefully Riddle will be involved I, th- I feel like we're always somehow I'll be there. <laughs> be there I'll be there somewhere you
2: know homie from way back it's always great I mean, to give have me you. a cowbell yo you better let me play some cowbell on that live recording for sure, sure. we'll petition the band
1: yeah. Or maybe, you know, <laughs> something else, but
2: that's- <laughs> <laughs> no, I only want to play the cowboy. All right. Cool, cool. Just Fine. give me, like, a, a shaker or, like, clave or something.
1: It's good, because we're moving, we're going to move into broken beat. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So, that sound great. Give me some, just like... Yeah.
2: You know, yeah. That'll be, that'll be good. Or, or, or just, like, I'll play the horn. I'll be there somewhere. That'll okay.
3: Good. All right. All right, um, so correct me if I'm wrong. Instagram is just Zamiko?
1: Well, uh, it's better to check out Andrew McIlroy on and Zemiko. At this point, until <laughs> <laughs> I build up. Either way,
2: no, uh, yeah, go to Zemiko. Link them yeah. both. In There'll the, be a couple the of the links comments. here
3: somewhere. Uh, and uh, then there is a Twitter that's Zamiko Music, and then there is a monthly showcase in the Bay Area at. Cheese board every other Tuesday. And what city is that in? It's in Berkeley. It's in North
1: Berkeley, uh, right there on Vine and Shattuck. So you should. Get where some can, pizza, people, where check can people? Where can people find
3: more information about that on Zamika Band? Yeah, that's always Zimico, on our website, ZamikaBand.com. Yeah, we always keep that pretty
1: fresh. And yeah, because we're, we're there twice a month, so yeah, it's a good place to see us uh, try new things.